Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I am a Catholic priest in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is a podcast where I post homilies and random other stuff that I might teach or speak about. Hope you find something useful and maybe even inspiring. God bless you. In our first reading and in the gospel today, our Lord, we hear our Lord and then also from the book of Genesis make reference to marriage. And in particular, uh, in the gospel, our Lord makes reference to one of what we call the essential natural components of marriage, that the way the Lord has designed this specific type of human relationship, that one of the essential elements of it is what we call, in technical jargon, indissolubility. Indissolubility is a fancy fancy way of saying that it it can't be broken or separated. Um, Indissolubility. And this is one of, particularly in our current day and age, this is uh, one of the hard sayings of the Lord that, that many people find very difficult um, to accept, um, particularly because divorce is so prevalent in our current culture. Um, this is a, a thing that many people find difficult. It's not, uh, though, just a, a hard saying for our particular culture. It was a hard saying back in the time of our Lord as well. Um, if you recall, at another place in the Lord's public ministry, uh, when he's talking about this, the apostles sort of respond and say, well, if that's the case, like, it's probably better to just not get married, right? If there's, if there's no way to kind of uh, back out of it when things are hard and, and, and it's permanent until death, it's probably just better to, to not get married, right? So it was, it was a hard saying back then, and it would have been an even harder saying for the pagan audience in the Roman Empire that the apostles went out to, because in the Roman Empire, they permitted what we would call today in sort of civil law, uh, no-fault divorce. No-fault divorce, as it's uh, referred to today in civil law, basically means that if you file for a civil divorce, uh, you don't need to give any reason whatsoever. Uh, that there, You don't have to name any fault uh, on the part of, of your spouse that you can just file it for and give no explanation whatsoever. Um, so, so it would have been... <laughs> Also, to the, the pagan audience the apostles went out to when they began to preach this as one of the, the teachings that our Lord came to restore that in the beginning when God created man and woman, this was his intention that marriages would, would be until death and only through original sin has this idea of divorce kind of crept in. It would have been a very difficult uh, teaching for the pagan audience that, that the apostles went out to as well. So looking at this, why, why is this sort of uh, an essential component of the nature of what marriage is? Why does Jesus say, you know, from the beginning it was made in such a way that, that marriage cannot be broken, that this is part of God's design? Um, and we, we see a hint of that in, in Jesus sort of repeating the line from Genesis that says, a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then Jesus emphasizes that again. He says, so they are no longer two, but one. Right? In other words, there's, there's no longer anything really to be divided. <laughs> because once they become one, in the totality of their persons, body and soul, 
There's, there's nothing there that, that is left to be divided. There's no seam in the garment, so to speak, where you could kind of divide it. So because they become one, it can't be, it can't be broken. And this, this aspect of, of marriage, of being unbreakable, if you will, un, un, indivisible, right, indissoluble, um, it's a big deal um, just on a, on a natural level. And I want to get to the, why it's a big deal on the supernatural level in a second, but it's a big deal on, on a natural level for a number of just sort of obvious reasons. For the well-being of children, it's, it's, it's a big deal for the stability of society because uh, family life, as we know, is, is the foundation of society. And so when the family breaks down, society begins to disintegrate. You know, it's funny, um, you'll, you'll talk to people and, and uh, people will talk about, oh, like we need to reform education and we need to reform like this and that and, and so on but they often maybe never make mention of kind of this, the state of marriage in society. And it's sort of ironic because, sure, I mean, there are plenty of things in our culture that need reforming, like no doubt. Um, our, cult, our culture will always be comprised of sinful human beings. And so, uh, like, there's always gonna need to be some, some reform that's necessary. But it's kind of like when you hear somebody talk about, oh, this needs reforming or that needs reforming or this um, in our society, without any mention of kind of the state of marriage, it's sort of like somebody whose basement is like totally flooded and like beginning to grow mold and they're sort of concerned about like a little dime sized like coffee stain in their carpet, you know, it's like, let's, it's like, let's, let's fix this like little tiny coffee stain um, and I'm, we're just gonna ignore that like the, the basement is flooding, you know? <laughs> that's, that's sort of when a culture doesn't understand that family life and, and marriage is the foundation of family life is the fabric that holds all of society together. Um, we have our sort of vision of things kind of out of whack. So, so this aspect of marriage of being unbreakable, indissoluble, it's a big deal just on this natural level of, of the functioning of society. Um, and with that in mind, it's important for us to be very aware not only in our own lives, especially for those of you who are married, but as we interact with people out in the culture who maybe have different visions, or probably have different visions of marriage than Christ does, um, it's important to know how weak the current kind of cultural awareness of the indissolubility of marriage is. I think some of us perhaps don't realize how, how weak that concept is in the minds of, of most people. And this is an important thing to be aware of as we, as we try and dialogue and, and bring people around. And I would make the argument just historically that the single greatest um, sort of moment, at least in recent American history, that has contributed to the, the diminishing of broad cultural awareness of the importance of indissolubility is, is what I mentioned earlier, no-fault no divorce. Right, so it was possible, for example, in the United States and most like traditionally Christian countries in Europe and so on, in Latin America, it was possible civilly to get a divorce prior to the 1960s and 70s, but you had to name some fault. And it was, it was a bit of a more laborious process. It, it took some work to show that one spouse was at fault in some way. So there was at least like within the culture, not saying that that's right, but there was at least in, in general society, a sort of like uh, a difficult, like it was at least somewhat tedious and burdensome <laughs> to try and 
and, and get a divorce with no fault divorce and the first U.S. state, uh, which probably shouldn't surprise us too much, the first U.S. state to allow no fault divorce was California in 1968 and uh, they just kind of the states fell like dominoes after that. Um, but when that was sort of put in place, I don't know the exact statistics, but I remember reading somewhere that like the sheer volume of people applying for, for civil divorces just massively increased because there was no longer any like societal barrier at all to that. Um, and so it's important for us to know as we dialogue with people and, and, and talk about this, especially because so many, almost nobody you meet is unaffected in some way by some divorce at some point in their life. Um, is so it's very important for us to know that the general cultural kind of understanding of the importance of this piece of marriage is, 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 is pretty diminished. Um, and no-fault divorce has a lot to do with that. As a side note, um, there are a handful of like traditionally Catholic countries that kind of held out for a lot longer time when it came to no-fault divorce. For example, Mexico just permitted it in 2008 and uh, the tiny island nation of Malta in the Mediterranean, which is super Catholic, um, they just permitted it in 2011. Um, so some, some of the more traditionally Catholic countries kind of held out for a while, but, but um, it's a thing that has affected this general cultural awareness a lot. But looking at the supernatural level, so this, this nature of marriage is unbreakable, um, indissoluble, important for society, but it's also critical to understand from a supernatural point of view because the covenant of marriage is a mirror, if you will, of a couple supernatural realities that themselves are, are indissoluble, that can't be separated, that are unbreakable, right? So the first thing that the covenant of marriage is a mirror image of, that can't be divided, is the interior life of God Himself. Those of you who, who studied the sacrament of marriage, hopefully this will ring a bell. Marriage is an icon, we say, of the Holy Trinity. That within the Trinity, you have persons who are united in an unbreakable bond. The Father who loves the Son perfectly, the Son who returns that love to the Father, and the love between them, we say, is a third person, is the Holy Spirit. And of course, that same dynamic plays out in a marriage, and marriage is an image of that, right? The complete gift of self of a husband to his wife and vice versa, could result in the creation of an entirely third person, an entirely third human being. So marriage is, is an icon of the Trinity in the same way that it's absolutely impossible for God the Father to just say like, well, I'm gonna separate myself from my son, right? It's, it's just strictly impossible. The same, because, because the covenant of marriage is a mirror image of that, the same impossibility exists where there is a true, valid, and real marriage in play. The, the second supernatural reality that the covenant of marriage mirrors is the covenant, the bond between God and His people. Right? We see this all throughout the Old Testament. God is portrayed as a husband who is pursuing His bride, the people of Israel, who are often unfaithful. And their infidelity, especially when they go off and um, commit idolatry with other gods that's often compared to adultery. The Lord says, you've committed adultery against me. I'm your husband. 
you're my bride, you've gone off and worshipped other gods, and you've committed adultery. And then when Christ comes in the New Testament, this marital imagery of God with us, his people, intensifies to an extreme degree, right? God literally unites himself to our nature when he becomes incarnate. A, a very deep, intimate union that God takes on with us when he becomes man in Jesus Christ. So now the marital bond between God and his people is, is, is even more intense. And I mean, you don't have to look any further, of course, today than like just the Eucharist, the fact that this same bridegroom, Jesus, gives himself bodily <laughs> to us, his bride, in the Holy Eucharist to see the kind of like unbreakable covenantal bond that God wants to have with us. Um, and so mar human marriage, sacramental marriage, becomes an image not only of, of the Trinity, but also of this unbreakable bond between God and his people, this unbreakable bond between Christ and the church. So one of the, one of the side effects in particular with marriages of believers breaking down, specifically Catholics, is that it can, it can affect sort of the faith of those around them in these other supernatural realities. Even without knowing it, people's faith in God's love for them as unbreakable and like irretrievable that God makes this promise, this covenant with us, and it's, it's permanent. He's not going to take it back. If people look around and they see those who have made the same kind of irrevocable covenant with another person in marriage, if they see that break down, they can begin to question whether God's promise of perpetual love to them is, is actually possible. It can also begin, of course, this is much more common, they begin to doubt that it's possible for they themselves to, of course, commit to an unbreakable bond with somebody else to begin to doubt that that's, that that's really possible. So it's critical, obviously, for, for those of you who are, who are married to, to recognize the Lord. The Lord has, yeah, He has a high bar. It's a, a very high bar for what He wants marriage to be and what, for what He wants marriage to, to mirror. It's, it's kind of crazy that, that He wants a human marriage to, to model the, the, the highest mysteries of our faith and that there's a lot, a lot riding on that. Um, and with that in mind, I, I just want to say too, uh, you know, I, I've only been a priest for a little over six years now, but um, have, have talked enough with, with married people and, and in various contexts, confession and different conversations and all sorts of things. Um, I do get the sense that like, there are a lot of people out there in your average parish, and I don't think the council is too different in this regard, who have various struggles in their marriage to, to a wide kind of spectrum. You know, some are, are pretty significant and others are maybe, I don't know, more par for the course if you want to put it that way. Um, but I do think a lot of people have this mistaken notion that like, oh, we're the only married couple that has problems, right? Like, like we're the only ones that have like significant struggles in this or that area or whatever. Um, and I want to just tell you, if, if that's a mindset you have, like, it's just, it's just false. <laughs> it's just not true. Marriage is, it can be very difficult. Again, there's a, there's a spectrum here, um, but when you have an imperfect human who it, 
unites himself to another imperfect human, a lot of things can go wrong. <laughs> you know, like when I sort of made my promises to God in becoming a priest, like when stuff goes wrong there, like I know whose fault it is, but uh, like in a, in a marriage, it can become easy to like, well, it could be either of our faults, like it can be easy to point fingers and, and marriage can be, it can be hard, it can be really hard. I was inspired a couple years ago, um, a young couple who I really admire, very faithful, extraordinary people, humble, three years into their marriage, they were having some pretty significant difficulties and they swallowed their pride and, and they said, we're going to go get some counseling um, now because if we, if we wait on this, who knows in 10 or 15 years what our situation is going to be and so um, we're a bit we feel a bit embarrassed or ashamed to go to counseling three years in when we thought we understood what marriage is all about and all this stuff, but, um, but they benefited to an extraordinary degree from it. And, and so I'll tell you as well, counseling or talking with a priest or, or, or whatever it may be, um, if you're in a situation where there's a, a significant struggle of some kind, um, it can be very, very tempting to say we're, we're, the only way to deal with this is to figure it out ourselves. But, but I want to tell you, like, there's, there's too much riding on marriage. There are too many people that need your marriage to be this, uh, this supernatural icon. There's too many people relying on it to try and just figure it out yourself if there's something significant there. Don't, don't hesitate <laughs> to ask for help from, from various circles. I know Father Johnson and I um, are happy to meet with anybody who thinks it, would, it might ever be helpful at any point um, going through any sort of uh, marital difficulties or struggles um, and I also want to say finally too just for all of us um, because families marriages are just are just so critical we all should have sort of like a keen eye for those in our life who seem to maybe be struggling a little bit in their marriage and to do our best without intruding to offer any kind of like support or help that we can um, because the stronger the marriages are in our church, the stronger the church is going to be, the stronger society is going to be. Um, marriage is, I mean, family life, it's where we learn to give and receive love. It's where we learn the most fundamental pieces of who we are as human beings. Um, and so it's critical that we have an eye out to, 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 to reach out and, and to help and to support anybody we see who we think, uh, who we think might be struggling.